I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. Hello everybody, welcome along to another episode of La Liga Lowdown series looking at every La Liga club and telling each of their stories. This time we're focusing on Cadiz and the city's football team of the same name. This is a modest club but a fun club and it's a club that has enjoyed some great moments over the years. Let's listen to a few of them here. Aludia, cuatro jugadores, atención. Y gol de Cádiz. Qué jugada de Mágico González, señores. Ya que veo. Gol. Al cuar. Al cuar del Cádiz. Vamos a jugar la pelota. Uy, qué bien Negredo. Lozano para el primero. Lozano. We heard some great Cadiz moments there. There was a goal from Mágico González and We'll soon hear about just how great he was. There was even some Catalan commentary because one of those goals was against Barcelona in a historic 4-0 win. And there was also a more recent commentary clip from a Cadiz win over Real Madrid. We'll put some more detail to those sounds now and we'll do so with Paco Pollitt starting off the story. After we briefly hear the club hymn, here's Paco to tell us about how Cadiz's football team came to be. Cadiz is a place like no other. It's an island city near the mouth of the Guadalquivir River on the sunny Andalusian coast, and the ancient port has long been a center of history, culture, and trade. It's well famous for its carnival, beaches, and the unique sense of humor of its citizens. Cadiz Club de Football, meanwhile, might not be so well known, but La Liga's surprise package has a fascinating history. Like other ports in the south of the country, Cadiz was a gateway through which football entered Spain. 
Spain. When ships docked in the city's port, groups of English sailors would head to the suburbs and organize games, originally between themselves and later against locals. The origins of the Cadiz Football Club lay in these informal kickabouts, but it wasn't until September 8, 1910, that the team played its first game. It was a 1-0 win versus another local side, called Cadiz Sporting Club. Two days later, a group of gaditanos, the term for people from Cadiz, officially registered the club with the civil government. So, Cadiz FC was born. The club's early years were characterized by mergers, name changes and little success. When another local side called Espanol FC were crowned champions of Andalusia in 1916, Cadiz were still only playing friendly matches. In the early 1920s, they fused with another club to become Mirandilla FC, at this point adopting the yellow shirt and blue shorts combination still used today. After a few years in the regional leagues, the club finally entered the national second division in 1935-36 under the name Sociedad Cultural y Deportiva Mirandilla FC, before changing again to Cadiz Football Club. A period of struggle followed after the post-Civil War resumption of the league, with back-to-back -back relegations to fall to the fourth division by 1944. This almost put the club out of business, but after yet another merger, this time with Club Deportivo Hércules Gaditano, Cadiz returned to the third tier in 1945-46. Under the 1941 law that required the Spanishfication of team names, the club took its current title. Cadiz Club de Fútbol. That's the story of how the club got its name, but the story of how the club reached the first division was just beginning. 1955 was a milestone year for the club, as a return to the second division was secured after 12 years away and the club moved to a new home. The Estadio Ramón de Carranza was inaugurated on September 2nd, 1955, with a friendly match against Football Club Barcelona, and even though the Catalans comfortably won 4-0, a huge crowd was thrilled to see the likes of Román Alberto Villaverde, Laszlo Kubala and Luis Suarez in the flesh. The first Carranza Trophy also took place that year. This is an annual preseason tournament that has given Cadistas the chance to see their club face sides from across the world, such as River Plate or AC Milan and Benfica. Cadiz then spent 21 of the next 22 seasons in Segunda, before achieving promotion to La Liga for the very first time in 1977. But financial struggles forced the sale of their best talents, and a historic 1-0 win against Real Madrid wasn't enough to stop a young and inexperienced side finishing dead last. Promotion back to La Liga in 1981 was followed by immediate relegation, then promotion, then relegation again. This saw Cadiz nicknamed an elevator team, Equipo Ascensor. Eventually, though, promotion in 1985 brought a golden era to the club as they enjoyed an eight-year stint in Primera and had some fabulous players. If truth be told, much of Cadiz's time in La Liga was hardly the stuff of dreams. In six of the seasons, they narrowly avoided relegation and their ability to stay afloat after looking destined to go down earned them a new nickname, the Yellow Submarine, El Submarino Amarillo. The 1987-88 season was an exception and remains the best in the club's history. With Victor Esparrago in the dugout, Cadiz finished in the 12th position and secured impressive results against high flyers Atletico Madrid, Real Sociedad and Athletic Club. Cadiz also enjoyed a couple of cup runs during the 1980s. In 1988-89, they reached the quarterfinal of the Copa del Rey and the following season went one better in reaching the semifinals, a club best to this day. 
Perhaps the greatest moment in their history though came in 1991, on match day 34, when bottom of the league and set for relegation, Cadiz faced the daunting prospect of a visit from Johan Cruyff's Barca, who needed just one point to secure the league title. Remarkably, Cadiz trounced their illustrious visitors 4-0, a scoreline that inspired them to win two of their final four games and avoid the drop. Much of that golden period was made possible by the exploits of Pepe Mejías and Magico González, the two best players to ever wear the club colors. Both had two separate spells at the Carranza, with Magico in particular becoming a cult hero, but more on them later. In 1992, the club became an SAD, Sociedad Anónima Deportiva, a public limited sports company, in line with new laws, but this only began a long period of decline and financial struggle. After back-to-back -back relegation saw them wallowing in the third tier, the club almost went bust in the summer of 1995. A number of different owners came and went, including the local government, an investment group from Madrid, and a group of fans led by an olive oil salesman. But for the rest of the decade, Cadiz stayed in Segunda B. Antonio Muñoz, the club's president from 1995 to 1998, returned in the year 2000 to try to take El Submarino Amarillo back to the big time. Back to the big time they did indeed go. To find out exactly how and what happened along the way, Roman de Arker picks up the narrative now. Cadiz finally managed to escape from Spain's third division in 2003 after nine seasons stuck there. Two years before, the club had been extremely close to disappearing due to a deep crisis in which the squad wasn't getting paid and the players were protesting by locking themselves in the stadium's dressing room. Despite this, they fought really hard on the pitch that campaign and almost got promoted, but a two-goal difference in the final group stage of that 2000-2001 season meant Nastic de Tarragona would leave Segunda B instead of Cadiz, despite both teams achieving 11 points. So you can just imagine what it meant to all the gaditanos to see their club rise to the Spanish second tier two years later. The celebrations were frantic and the streets were covered in yellow as the fans were more hopeful than ever for the future. Things were getting better on and off the pitch with the club modernizing and finally adapting to the new century. A school of football, a foundation, an official Cadiz shop, a website or even a radio station were some of the new business ideas the club launched in that period. In fact, Cadiz would only need two seasons in Segunda División to return to Primera 12 years later. Things were looking up and this new adventure was extremely promising. They kept manager Víctor Esparrago, who led the team to win the title in Spain's second tier for the first time in their history and brought a good number of experienced players from Primera División. But it proved to be a rough comeback to the Spanish top tier and halfway through the season they were in the bottom positions fighting to avoid relegation. That's when they decided to make their record signing at the time of 100 million pesetas for Javier Acuña in the winter transfer market. He was a 16-year-old Paraguayan striker who shined the year before in the South American Under-16 Championship by winning it and becoming the top scorer ahead of another 16-year-old called El Cunagüero. Although it all went wrong. The Paraguayan Federation refused to send through the International Transfer Certificate to the Spanish Federation given that Acuña was a minor and the deal would break FIFA's policy to protect underage players. The judge did not grant Acuña permission to play for Cadiz until he was 18. Given he had already moved to Cadiz, he spent a year and a half without playing competitive football and before making his debut. 
That ultimately had a negative impact on Acuna, who failed to succeed at Cadiz and never was the world-class striker many thought he could become. In line with the bad news, Cadiz didn't improve in the second half of the season and despite Amanita or a 5-0 win versus Malaga in the last match day, they went straight back down to the second division. Their La Liga days were over and they would not return until 2020. In fact, Cadiz's freefall led them back down to the Spice Segunda B in 2008. They then climbed back up the following year but then again got relegated to Segunda B for the second time in three years. Cadiz stumbled into another crisis and President Antonio Muñoz resigned alongside his board after the club's debt skyrocketed. But he remained linked to the club as he held on to his shares. But he finally sold them in 2012, freeing Cadiz from his tyranny and letting new blood take control of the club. But the chaos wasn't over for Cadiz, as the new Italian owners were not bringing in the money the club needed and the results weren't getting much better. In fact, they never even paid former president Muñoz for his shares after a year in charge of the club, so a new buyer was found in a group of investors called Locos por el Balón. They then finally managed to stabilize the club, fighting for promotion every year since their arrival, until they finally achieved the objective in 2016, partially thanks to manager Álvaro Cervera, who took charge towards the end of the season to secure the playoffs, which he did with a struggle, and then obtained promotion, which he also achieved. In Segunda, the objective was to avoid relegation, but the team overachieved and ultimately qualified for the playoffs, although they fell short in the first elimination round against Tenerife. The following two campaigns, they just missed out on the playoffs by a few points, but Cadiz was proving to be a very consistent side. That's why in the 2019-2020 season, they finally succeeded in their ambitions to become a La Liga team. They had an almost unstoppable start with 11 wins in the first 14 games, which made them lead the standings comfortably. They were on top for most of the competition during 37 of the 42 match days, although Huesca finally took the title by a single point in the last match day. It would have been great to win, but Cadiz were glad to get an automatic promotion with their second position. So that was the story of how Cadiz returned to Spain's top division 14 years later. As the coach who brought them back up, Alvaro Cervera is certainly a modern legend at the club. He features in more detail in our next section as Alex Brotherton talks us through a trio of Cadiz icons. Let's find out then who else Alex selected. When it comes to Cadiz legends, there's only one place to start. Magico Gonzalez is the embodiment of Cadizmo. When he first set foot in the city in 1982, he was an unknown outside his native El Salvador but by the time he left, he was El Magico. Over eight seasons at Cadiz, he scored 74 goals, despite a lack of quality around him and frequent disagreements with coaching staff. He inspired the club's golden age, including the 12th place finish in 1988. But stats only tell half the story. What Magico could do on a football pitch, mortals could only dream of. When Cadiz joined Barcelona for a pre-season tour of the United States, Diego Maradona told the journalist, there is a player even better than Pele and I, he is Jorge Gonzalez, El Magico. He is phenomenal. Like Maradona in Naples, Magico's seamless integration with Cadiz's fun and carefree nature instantly endeared him to Cadistas. He partied, drank and womanised compulsively, often missing training. He told reporters that he didn't like treating football as a job, but that he played for fun. For his attitude and mercurial talents, he will always be a club legend. If there's anything Gaditanos love as much as El Magico, it's a hometown hero. Pepe Mejias, born and raised in Cadiz, was just that, 
After joining the club's youth ranks at the age of 10, the kid made his professional debut in La Liga, aged just 18. It was the business end of the 1977-78 season, and Cadiz were destined for relegation, but the promising attacking midfielder chose to stay. He'd grown up dreaming of playing for his club. He went on to spend 11 seasons of his career at the Carantha, winning hearts with his silky performances and points with his goals. He scored 71 in all, only three less than Magico, the club's record goalscorer. Mejias won three promotions and suffered four relegations with the club, but that didn't affect his dedication and loyalty. His 344 appearances make him Cadiff's third most capped player. Had he not spent several seasons away at Zaragoza, Murcia and Rayo Vallecano, he'd probably be first. He played pivotal roles in the promotion-winning campaigns of 1982-83 and 84-85 and is widely regarded as the club's best player alongside Magico. It's a shame the duo didn't spend more than five seasons playing together. The job that current coach Alvaro Severa has done at Cadiz is nothing short of remarkable. When he joined in April 2016, Cadiz were on the slide. They were in Segunda B and looked set to miss out on promotion for a sixth consecutive season. A quote from one of his early press conferences quickly became the club's mantra, La lucha no se negocia. The fight is non-negotiable. Gave an insight as to how his Cadiz would play. Sure enough, promotion to Segunda was secured. He instilled solidity and backbone that had been sorely missing. Cadiff became hard to score against and hard to beat. They didn't play beautiful free-scoring football, but they were a team. Despite limited resources, the results were impressive. And after three seasons of near misses and playoff heartbreak, Severa led his side to La Liga in 2020. Cadistas owe Severa a huge debt. All three of those figures that Alex just described are absolutely loved by the fans. And all three of those figures adore the fans too. It's reciprocal because the Cadiz fan base is one of a kind. To find out exactly what they're like and what the match to experience is all about at the club, here's Cadiz fan Juan Osorio to explain. Well, as everyone knows, Cadiz is a special city in which we have all we need to enjoy an event uh, that takes place here. Our climate, our beaches, our restaurants, everything allows you to let yourself go at any moment. But I think that the perfect moment to do it is, of course, uh, when our team plays. The whole city takes to the street to enjoy the day. And at this moment, the famous scene, we are here to get drunk, we don't care what the result is, takes on its full meaning. Cadet matches are a big party. Where the whole city dresses in yellow from hours before the start of the football match. People met to have lunch with their friends. After that, uh, they drink three or four bottles of, of water <laughs> and go straight to the stadium to cheer on the team they love. It is more than just football, it is practically a religious celebration. Anyone who wants to, to learn how to support your team and the same time that you enjoy it, Having fun with the rest of the supporters, taking into account that football always must be a party, a celebration and not a fight between supporters of different teams. I strongly recommend them to come to Cadiz and there you will learn everything you need to enjoy the fiesta of football. So that was the lowdown on Cadiz and the matchday experience. They really are one of the most unique and fun clubs and fan bases in all of Spanish football. And I hope this episode has made you even keener to plan a trip there if you've not been already or even if you have been and want to go back. I want to thank then all the contributors to this episode, that's Paco Pollitt, Roman de Arquer, 
Alex Brotherton and Juan Osorio. I've been your host, Jim McTeer. Remember, we are La Liga Lowdown and we have many more podcast episodes available. You can always find our latest content by looking us up on social media or going to our website. For now, many thanks for listening to this one.